Welcome to episode 24 of the Firefish Recruitment Podcast. Joining us today will be recruitment agency founder and LinkedIn video legend, Mark Gaysford. If you're not one of the thousands of recruiters already actively engaging with Mark's awesome LinkedIn videos, then I highly recommend following his page. Thanks to an initial push from his video marketing expert son, Jack, Mark threw himself into the world of LinkedIn video a couple of years ago, and it's really amazing what he's done for his recruitment brand and business. Today, he's posting video content with total views up to 170,000 and is so engaging that even LinkedIn CEO Jeff Weiner himself has found the time to tell him so. This podcast was originally recorded on the Crowdcast platform and is a live video, so you may hear some questions being answered throughout the chat. Also, if you enjoyed today's show, it really helps us if you give us a rating on the platform that you're listening on. Thank you. Hello everyone, uh, welcome to the Firefish Software Future of Rec Crowdcast. I'm absolutely delighted today to be joined by Mark Gaysford. Hi Mark. Hi, hi, how are you? Good, good mate, I'm really good. Thanks very much for taking the time out of your day to to join us live today, it's really, really appreciated. Um, I've been super excited to get you on as a guest uh, as I have been a massive fan of your your content uh, for a long time now, so thanks for for joining us. Thanks also to everyone who's joined us live at the moment as well. If you guys have any questions as we go through this today, please, please, please feel free to get them asked either in the uh, the box on the right hand side, or you can ask a question at the bottom, and I'll do my oh, best to get them over to the sounds gone again. <laughs> can everyone else hear me? I can't actually hear a word you're saying. Oh, course, can anyone else hear yeah. what I'm saying? Or is it just my end? Oh, I feel like I'm hosting the show now. Oh, can everyone? You can all hear. I'm quite muffled. Ah, so people can hear me. They can hear you. Oh, really? Why ah. can't I hear you? Oh, no, look, see, the video guy comes on and the whole thing goes to. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a look at your settings and see if I can I can't actually hear camera. Toggle your mic on and off. Bear with me, folks. I'm going to have some headphones. Talk about <laughs> yourselves for a second. Ah, live, live performances. What can you do? Um, so that's good that everyone else can hear us. There we go. My end then. See, I'm. Do you know what? When I put out that video this morning on LinkedIn saying I'm going to make an idiot of myself, I've succeeded. <laughs> Not to I worry. Can you. I can hear you through these headphones now. Good. Hey, well. Done. Excellent, good. We can edit that bit out, so don't worry. It's all part of uh, all part of the live fun. <laughs> so can ever everyone hear us now? Yeah. Awesome. Great stuff, cool. So yeah, look, thanks for everyone for joining us. And um, you know, if you have any questions as we go through this today, please, please go ahead and field them. The more discussion we get here, the better. So uh, that'd be great. Um, Mark, just before we kick into the actual questions, can you tell the audience um, your background and a little bit about uh, where you started out in the industry and how you've got to where you are now? Sure, um, I mean, as most people that come into the recruitment industry, I fell into it. Um, I was in retail, first of all, and um, my my wife at the time just said, this is ridiculous, you can't be carrying on working weekends. So uh, she found a job in the paper and I started out in recruitment and have seemed to have stayed here for, for years. I'm sure everybody does that, to be honest with you. I don't think... Who comes out of university? So I know I'm going to be a recruiter. Anyway, so I kind of fell into it. Um, and I started out back in the early 90s in uh, sort of industrial temp recruitment, um, which was, uh, yeah, you know, getting the getting the call saying we need 
three bin loaders to come in today and all that sort of stuff. So uh, did that and then sort of fast forward uh, and actually started a job board uh, back oh, wow. in when was that? The year 2000. I started a job board called Top Dog Jobs, which as soon as as soon as we launched it, no one could ever say it quick. You know, Top Dog Jobs, it, just, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't tip off the tongue that, that easily. Um, so I kind of did that and um, sold that business to uh, some a social. This is going to sound so glamorous, a social media channel that probably nobody in the world would, rem would remember called Fre uh, Friends Reunited. So I sold uh, that to Friends Reunited and then they went on sold themselves for 120 million quid so uh, I wasn't bitter at all. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then kind of went back into corporate recruitment I did some uh, work with uh, the guys at Blue Arrow um, and then just got fed up going into London all the time really because we we're in Canterbury so um, so I started Red Sprout about three and a half years ago. Cool and um, what does Red Sprout do? We are um, a marketing recruitment business. So we, a lot of the, our clients are marketing agencies, uh, mostly across the Southeast, um, but we also work uh, client side with companies in their marketing departments as well. Cool. So I first came across you just through your uh, your videos on LinkedIn and that is obviously why I thought, yeah, you'd be a great person to, to come on. When, why did you first start using video um, for your recruitment agency? Uh, to be honest with you, the first I'd like to think it was all planned. It wasn't. Um, I suppose my I've always been a bit of a rebel in my thinking, and I just thought when I started this, we need we need that classic USP. Um, and there were there was video uh, interview software, but mm -hmm. all of that video interview software that I'd looked at was quite one sided. You'd send an email to the candidate with three questions and invite them to to give their answers on a webcam. I mean, if you're hoping to encourage some form of personality from video interview software like that, then you're kidding yourself, really. Yeah. So I just thought, well, it's, you know, let's just get together on a video call, essentially Skype, hit a record button um, and bring out some personality because that's what the client wants to see. So we can essentially send them that video file and they can be a fly on the wall in that interview. And especially, I mean, nowadays we've, we've got a lot of our clients tuned in, so they, give us their first interview questions and we conduct their first interview for them and they make a, a cut and an assessment at that point. Um, and so it, it actually ends up speeding the process up. So that's really what started the whole video thing. And then we kind of went on a little bit further. Um, we started to do some video with clients and we launched this thing called The Job Show. Um, we put that out on LinkedIn and it completely flopped because okay. nobody wants to hear a recruiter talking about jobs. It's just boring. Um, yeah. So we, I mean, we did it. I mean, I know one of the questions is around mistakes and all that sort of stuff, but we, we've made as many mistakes, if not you know, more than, than we've had success, to be honest with you. Yeah, but you're learning from them. That's, that's, that's the main thing. Totally. Yeah. Um, in terms of your strategy, how did you first start out with, um, well, I guess, did you actually have a strategy at the start? Were you ex planning and executing on that? What, oh, what yeah. were your... What your thoughts? Yeah, no, I'd spent months sitting down. And, <laughs> no, I was winging it, completely winging it. Um, I mean, I just, especially when uh, LinkedIn launched native video. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just thought at that point um, there was a significant opportunity um, because suddenly you didn't have to post your, your video up to YouTube and copy it across. You could just post to LinkedIn. And, of yep. course, there weren't any 
LinkedIn influencers or you know stars of LinkedIn video. So suddenly everyone is at, you know the same place, and you've got this massive opportunity. So we just went for it a hundred percent and really started to mess around with LinkedIn video, posting all sorts of random stuff um, just to see what worked and what didn't work. Um, and and then a kind of a strategy kind of came out of that I suppose we launched this thing called no fee Friday um, yeah. and that kind of came out of uh, my kids going through university and being treated really badly to be honest with you by the careers element of the university okay. and I got so pissed off that I just thought we've got to be able to help these guys and so I thought well why don't we just get one of them on a video call instead of just sending that to a client we'll just post it to LinkedIn because the students haven't got an employer to annoy so we can actually with their permission push them across social and that just took off so suddenly you get these sort of moments of, of inspiration or something comes around and say that's a good idea and it just works so yep. and that that's actually for the recruiters out there I mean feel free to copy this for God's sake but that actually ended up being a bit of a business development strategy for us because you you post out a video of a student who wants to get into the sector in which you're recruiting for and you invite companies to come back to you and say I'm interested well of course, that builds a lovely little relationship, and you'd never guess what they actually come through eventually and say, "Oh, and could you do some recruitment for us?" So it's a lovely business development strategy as well. So you know, feel free to take that one; it's great. That's brilliant insight. A great tip for anyone who's I've thinking about getting involved. Again. I wonder if it's my headphones, so I'm going to take them out and put them back no in again. New Mac, huh? No worries. Are you there? You got me now. Yeah, no, I still can't hear you. Can everyone else hear me? What the hell is going on? Is it me? It strange. Must, I don't know. Can uh, it must be me? I wonder if people tuning in can hear me. I can hear you on there now. Yeah, you got me. Yeah, no, sure. we'll have, we'll have to swap between sound devices. <laughs> that's all right. That's cool. As long as you can hear me, that's uh, everyone can hear us both. So that's all good. So your strategy from when you first started was just like let's experiment with it and we'll see what works and what doesn't yeah. um talk to me about like your strategy now in terms of on like a weekly basis like what are you thinking about behind each of your videos and, and is there a plan in that there is there is more of a plan now definitely however um i would still say and my advice to anybody would be um, play around with this uh, it's still really really early days and you've just gotta I mean I, I, a perfect example we haven't done a vlog for a long time um, I put out a vlog just because I happened to be at an event last night and it's flopped it's not done well at all and so you know immediately you think well that content doesn't work no one wants to see that so don't do it anymore so I would still encourage people to just absolutely try but fail really fast if yeah. that's not going to work and you're not getting any traction on it then just kill it quick because no one's interested um so the, but the strategy now is actually to try and be a little bit controversial a little bit entertaining and humorous um, say things that other people aren't saying try and encourage a conversation so it, it, it is a social media channel um and so be social i think is where our strategy is now more than anything else I think that's so important rather than selling all the time. The job of that is to promote discussion, isn't it? That you can then Absolutely. get involved in. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I saw a comment come in. Oh, Kate Rose is saying that she loved the vlog. Oh, so yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, what mistakes have you made along the way? 
Oh, tons. I mean, just tons and tons and tons. Um, my, my family would say that the video that we uh, I produced when I was sitting on the toilet was a mistake. Um, <laughs> I still think it's a massive success. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, I suppose that leads into, uh, I can hear Olivia laughing in the background because she thought it was a disaster as well. But it, I think anything risky, then go for it. Um, and if you're nervous about hitting the post button, it will probably do well. Um, that yeah. just seems to be the, my, the ones I've been most nervous about have actually just absolutely gone completely crazy so um so the yeah, mistakes i mean got everything the job show was one for us because uh, you know we're recruiters so naturally we're gonna start getting on video and saying i've got a new job but the reality is nobody gives a shit nobody actually cares whether you've got a job or not and it's a damn sight easier to read about a job than listen to a recruiter going oh it's great and they're a great company and it's a great I mean, it's just so boring that kind of content and i've done it so and and the problem is that you get just no traction and no engagement on it um and i always we used to talk about this all the time we used to kid ourselves into thinking well we're not getting any likes because well would you like that post if you were in a job if your employer saw it but we were kidding ourselves nobody really liked it it was boring so yeah tons and tons and tons of mistakes and then you just kind of strike lucky and the one for me was that job descriptions video that just went completely uh, completely crazy and yeah. then and then you've got this completely different audience and then you feel the pressure of having to perform for that audience and deliver similar kind of content for that audience so yeah, yeah more, more mistakes I can mention I, I think one of the cool things about like the job description video was the fact that you you were able to almost in a roundabout way have a go at the end client but also educate them at the same time so yeah. like if i was a hiring manager or that sitting watching that i'd go oh my god actually we've done that like that's yeah. terrible but yeah. is at the same time you know and it's that it's that balance between humor and value and they go actually oh that's us and that's like, the relatable content and i mean that's a you've hit on a really key thing there cameron because it is about relatable content if you can put something out there that everyone can relate to it's gonna do it's gonna do really really well to be honest yeah totally so i've actually got a couple of questions come through just an ask question so i'll jump in here uh, so karen duffy's asking how does a vlog differ from a linkedin video so a vlog, in, it may be just my language but a vlog for me is when we're out and about and we're just the sort of gary v document don't create style content um and uh my, my issue with it is that often it hasn't actually got a point um mm. so it's just you showing the world what you're doing and nobody cares what you're doing. That's it. So there's got to be, I think there's got to be that a hook in there that encourages people to get involved and give their opinion and talk about what you're talking about and disagree and agree and, and all the rest of it. But a vlog is just, look at me, aren't I doing fun things? Yeah, you are, but I don't want to see them, thank you. Ah, brilliant, that's really good. I'll you again. Hold on. That means okay. that these probably kicked in and working now. It's all right. Oh, can I hear you now? Yeah, you got me? Yeah, I can. Oh, look, you see, I'm just going to swap between headphones and not. <laughs> so uh, I've got a question in from uh, Anthony uh, McCormack. He's asking, um, how do you capture the video that you share via LinkedIn and say, for example, the No Fee Friday initiative? How do we capture it? Um, so we, uh, we, uh, we use a multitude of different things. So for the, for the No Fee Friday stuff, it's all mostly webcam. Um, so because we're on a Zoom call, and um, so we can just record that call. Yeah. Uh, but, but everything goes into Adobe Premiere Pro for editing. Um, okay. Other than that, uh, I've got this. This is this is the main kit that we use. He says trying to drag it in. So this is just a Canon ATD um, with a Rode mic on the top of it, and that's pretty much what most of our content's captured on. 
Cool. Awesome. That's great. I mean, I think the key thing is that the barrier to entry nowadays really to do this stuff, it's not great. You know, it's very easy for most people have got, you know, eight or 10 megapixel cameras on their phone. You know, it's easy to get going if you want to. There's a top, there's a top tip, though, actually, just um, with the phone content. And I'm a great believer in putting out stuff using the phone as the camera. But yep. um, my God, learn to edit because nobody is is good just straight away piece to camera. So you've got to bring that into the, the edit suite essentially and cut out the crap and and, yeah. and make it move fast um because every pause on a video is an excuse for people to to disappear and go somewhere else that's really really good uh, really good insights uh, marcus jones is asking do you think there's ever any danger with a uh, humorous videos of making your brand company seem, seem a little bit frivolous and not particularly serious about what they do which in some industries might not be the best thing it's a good question yeah it's a good question and i agree to a certain extent i mean we're lucky we work in the marketing space and so anything kind of goes really um but i i get that if you're working in financial services or you're working in a fun, you know cor more corporate environment uh, then i think you've got to adapt your content to uh to your market and to your clients essentially we can do this because our clients love it yeah brilliant really good um and just coming in on the right hand side there um, emma briggs was saying that she thinks it can be a little bit tricky to be uh, as daring and controversial when you work for someone else especially when a lot of marketing's trial and error it can be hard to justify some of those things to the bosses totally agree totally totally agree and uh, it's easy for me because it's my company and i can do what i want and make the mistakes that i want um i think You've got to have the directors on board, um, not only from the, from the content perspective and what you're talking about, but actually also the time and consistency, you know, time it takes to produce consistent video, because if they're not on board, um, the directors are just going to see it as you're messing around all the time. So Yeah, I think there's a much bigger conversation there as well around about the side of things that if the directors are not on board, there's a you know there's a big conversation to be had there but i think definitely okay. the way the market's going and, and it's people engaging with video and the like it's definitely a, a a fantastic tool that can be used so ingrid's asking um how can you ensure the video content you release is in line with your business's brand voice and marketing strategy or can it be more personal yes it can be more personal absolutely and i think uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. People buy from people, and and actually, um, it's, so it is all about personal. And it is about you know I'm gonna go and deal with a client, but it's me, not Red Sprout dealing with the clients. Mark Gaysford dealing with that client. So um, yeah, my God, make it personal, absolutely. And I think yeah. that's you know the barriers are breaking down. I think even in some of the more corporate stuffy um, sort of environments as well, uh, and you can see that on LinkedIn, the the way people are communicating and talking to people to to each other is totally different to what it would have been five years ago on LinkedIn, where it would have been much more sort of corporate um, conversation. You can use emojis on LinkedIn now. Yeah. They're, they're getting ready for the generation that that talk more naturally than perhaps my generation did or, or do. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, Drew is asking, um, Mark, would you consider your video post as a new media commercial for your business? If so, do you foresee commercial agencies getting into this business production model? Uh, I'm not sure I understand that. Uh, uh, sure com commercial, is, I mean, you're talking about sort of multi-branch kind yeah. of? Um, agencies uh, yeah I mean do you know what and I think it's the same with social media generally isn't it so if as a if as a branch manager of a um, of a of a 
sort of big high street recruitment business, for example, you are given the autonomy and, and responsibility to post on the Instagram account for your branch, then why should you not be able to do video? Um, and I think this, I think people just need to loosen the apron strings a little bit and and give people some some power and authority and autonomy to do their thing. That you know they're responsible for that that branch or that office. So uh, let them fly. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, this David asked a question about something that you and I were chatting about off air just before we came on there about BD. So has the time spent on producing content replaced some of your more traditional BD activities? Yes, in in one word answer. Uh, people are probably going to not like this particular. I'm not actually trying to monetize this yet. Um, I'm, I'm playing the long game with this. Yes, it is monetizing, and yes, we are um, we're getting calls into the office from clients giving us vacancies to work on. We don't really do a lot of we don't do any cold calling to be honest with you. So most of our stuff comes um, through this channel. But I think. If it's a mindset thing, this for me, because if you're trying to monetize your your video content, that will come across to the audience that you're talking to, and your content will flop. So you've just kind of got to get that out of your head and talk about stuff that people are actually interested in or can relate to. Um, and the business comes off that, the brand builds off that. So yeah, yeah. I think the great thing oh, for every that's okay. Yeah, back on. I think the great thing for everyone that's watching this just now is that they'll all have an understanding of the challenges that their that their their clients <laughs> face. It's like you don't need to sell. Um, they they all they all know that inside out, which is great. Yeah. Um, what's your opinion on the? So when you post out a video, um, the what's your opinion on paying a lot of attention to detail on the copy that accompanies that massive because people start to read before they start to watch it's absolutely critical um and olivia always beats me up for it because i'm more video than uh than words she's more of a words person than a video person and so we kind of combine forces there a little bit the copy is absolutely essential okay um and uh, Kate's asking, so we all know that personal profiles, profiles generally get better engagement than company pages on LinkedIn. How do you decide when to put something on your profile versus the company page, especially when you're a recruitment marketeer? Good question. Uh, uh, we, we need to spend more time on our company page. We really don't. It's always an afterthought for exactly that reason. They get less engagement. Um, and, and again, that's just the psychology of marketing. Would you want to engage with a logo? Um, or would you like to engage with a person? And the, the problem is, who am I talking to when I'm talking to the Red Sprout company page? I've got no idea. Um, and yet when people are talking to me on my personal page, they know they're talking to me, Mark. So um, it's a very, it is a difficult one, to be honest with you. And we're starting to put more content, I suppose, a little bit more content on our, uh, on our company page, but it, it massively plays second fiddle to the personal pages. Okay, cool. Um, so lots of questions about like examples of content for specific industries like IT engineering and stuff coming in. But I think rather than go into like, what should you produce if you're an IT recruiter, let's talk about some of the things that you think about when you are generating video, just regardless of sector, really. And, the, and it is. I mean, that's actually, we, we're not really sector led by uh, in the content that we produce, it kind of naturally creeps in. So if we're doing, for example, a video about job descriptions, then we're going to use terminology like SEO and PPC, and we'll we'll take the piss out of that. I mean, there was a great thing about, uh, and I think I put it in one of the videos, actually, one 
a consultant for, I was talking to a client and they were trying to um, brief them on a, a PPC role and it, or a, paper, a pay-per-click role and it ended up being pay-per-click role. Um, <laughs> so those kind of jokes and those, that, you know, those job titles are going to naturally creep in because it's the sector in which we work. But fundamentally, we were just ripping the mickey out of job descriptions in general, the rock star, the ninja and all the, the rest of it. So that, that crosses sectors as well. And there'll be those jokes and those things that frustrate people within the IT sector, the financial services sector, that you can kind of pull on and use in your content. Yeah, brilliant. Kathy is asking, um, see when you're producing your uh, your videos, do you have clients or candidates in mind for any of them or is it? Uh, just given the answer from, from previously, we're not necessarily trying to monetize, well, we weren't trying to monetize 100%, so we were just trying to produce relatable content. I suppose my mind is now drifting towards, yeah, what would our... Um, our chosen clients like to see what would they relate to but it's a really difficult one to try and get your head around because at the end of the day they may be a client in a financial services organization but they're still people so it's the relatable content to everybody that still that still works you're going to pick up um, people that are in your sector but you'll you'll pick up loads of other people as well so I think it's very difficult and the problem is as soon as you start going down that road of making it very specific it can become a little bit dry and it can become a little bit salesy and so it, it's a it's yeah it's a difficult one to get over to be honest with you for me that do you think there's any certain types of content that doesn't translate into video well uh yeah jobs I, I just don't think jobs works um read, reading a job description I mean, to be honest with you anyone who's going to apply for a job wants the detail and if you're going to try and put that into a video and read a job description or a job spec or a job advert out i can read it just as quick so there is just no it just doesn't translate for me and we've tried it and tried it and tried it Okay, um, we spoke a little bit earlier on about like barrier. As I was saying about the barrier to entry being quite quite low nowadays. If you want to start this, I mean, um, what what sort of budget do you set aside from a business perspective on a on a monthly basis for your video stuff? It's time, and there's no so we don't spend a single penny on any of our content. Full stop. We never we don't sponsor anything. We you know there's no marketing budget behind this at all. It is just time. Okay, smashing. Uh, Don's asking um, if you have any insights into video length. How long should a video be? Yes, I do. And that we've now we've um, spent a lot of time, literally over the last twelve weeks, working this. And today actually proves it as well. So our vlog today was five and a half minutes long and got for us very low levels of traction. Um, anything that's a minute to a minute and a half does well and that's fundamentally because you don't go to LinkedIn to search for content like you do on YouTube you come across it in the news feed so it's what's it's essentially a snackable social media channel you come across something you it captures your attention and you are prepared to give it a minute or a minute and a half mm. but if you see five minutes in that bottom corner you're probably going to scroll through because you yeah. don't want to invest that time yeah it's a brief interruption so isn't it? Again. hold on i'm just going to plug oh, headphones in no worries hopefully i'll put you back now yeah cool i would just say yeah it's a it's a it's an interruption isn't it it's a brief it interruption is. and if you can get enough value across in it then people will stay to the end i think i think there would get i mean again as the audience builds then and we haven't really played with this yet i think that you've probably got a little bit more leeway to to spend maybe a little bit more time um but a minute to a minute and a half for us is the sweet spot 
Yeah, yeah. Emma, Emma's actually asking um, before you had such a large following um, on your on your personal profile and your um, your videos weren't attracting as many people. Um, was it the written content or the or were you doing anything at the start of videos like consciously to try and grab attention to get the, the views and engagement? Um, yes, yeah. I mean, obviously, the attention of all of the video content we've ever produced has been trying to capture that sort of engagement and and and, and the audience. Um, we just weren't getting it right, and I think it's a lot of this is trial and error. It really is. Um, so, we, you know, we spent th essentially we spent three years messing around with video, trying to get it really working for us, and it did work to a certain degree. And you take those moments when something amazing happens, um, but uh, yeah. Ton, tons of, of lessons along the way really yeah smashing um this is fantastic it's so many questions coming through uh, marcus is asking um what like how do you measure successful when it comes to a video uh, it's to, so um num number of likes don't really matter it's about the engagement so and you can see this in certain types of content if we're, if we're putting out one what did we put out the other day something about we, the ugly truth about working with recruiters we, and we were trying to um educate uh, end client users into not using multi-agencies um and actually just getting an exclusive arrangement with your recruiter and working hand in hand and that i mean some of the some of the comments on that were, were long paragraphs of stuff so people were really getting involved and and really had a point to make that to me is success when you've got probably more comments actually than you've got likes uh, so it's all about engagement really yeah, it's brilliant. All about conversations. Yeah. Exactly. Um, do you um, do you target the team, your team, on uh, specific KPIs round about video? Uh, no, not not in terms of the video that we produce for LinkedIn, but but from the very very early days, because video interviewing was a key part of of what we what I wanted to bring into the business. Um, then, so every candidate has a video interview with us essentially these days um, and nobody ever sees that of course because it's private between the client and and us um, and as I said before in some cases that replaces the first interview so it, it's sort of built into the interview KPIs essentially. Smashing great and uh, do you ever uh, Don's asking do you ever recycle any of your videos use them again? Uh, the, the, we've I've been discussing this with my son Jack actually um, because uh, not yet I think is the answer to that um, there are people that do. I mean, one of my uh, one of my fans, well, not one of my fans, one of my sort of mentors and people I really look up to on LinkedIn is a lady called Shay Robottom in the States. She's good, yeah. She's brilliant, and she's she she recycles probably every three four months. Um, and her and I was talking to her the other day, and she said, "Yeah, but well, you'll get a drop off in terms of the the people that follow you, and you'll get a new crowd coming in." I'm not sure I agree with that. Um, so, and it, I'm not going to say it feels lazy. It's I just think we've just got to always be pushing and evolving and changing because the channel's changing and the audience on the channel is changing. We've got to bring new, fresh stuff to them all the time. So, but I'm not at that stage yet. Probably maybe six months time, we'll probably rethink it and have a look. Yeah, I've experimented with that a couple of times, sharing old stuff, but it's been like a three month sort of gap between the original posts and an engagement on it was still really, really good. Yeah. I think there'll be a lot of people that scroll through the feed that never saw it first time around. Um, so it certainly worked uh, worked quite well that, yeah. and something we continue to, to look at. Um, so let's have a look. Um, oh, this is a always. Uh, this is a fantastic question. It always comes up with this this chat. So Richard Shorten is asking: Should you always have subtitles added to the video? And do you know a free bit of software that does this? 
no yeah so yes you should absolutely because uh, i mean i don't know where anyone's got this stat from but apparently 80 percent of the linkedin audience leave with their <laughs> listen with the, the sound off um so yes and and we've proved that in the sense that we get much better traction on videos when they've got captions associated with them so we always do it now um and no there isn't a, a so there isn't a free there's isn't a free way around it um especially if you're going to edit your videos and and i would really recommend that then yep. In, in Premiere Pro, you just got to caption your videos. The, the advantage is if you're producing content that's a minute and a minute and a half long, it doesn't take that long. So for anything longer than that, you can send it to places like rev.com who will caption it for you at a dollar per minute of video. So yep. it's still quite cheap. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know there's clips and all this other stuff that you can use on the phone. I'd, I'm not saying don't use that. I just don't really do a lot of filming on the phone these days. So Cool, smashing. Um, I I'm going to go ahead and I'll drop the link in f to the comments for uh, Rev if anyone wants yeah. to go and check that out. Um, it uh, can save you a little bit of time if you don't want to be doing it yourself. Uh, two seconds, I'll get that added in. Uh, let's see. Cool, we'll drop that in there in two Kate, seconds. Kate saying DaVinci Resolve is a great free beta. I don't know, I've not come across that, Kate, to be honest with you. I, we use Premiere Pro, but it's just the one I, because I, I think it, I don't know, it's, it's the most expensive. Well, I think it's probably one of the most expensive ones, but it, it's incredible, to be honest with you. Premier yeah, Pro. it's a good bit of kit. Yeah. Um, what's LinkedIn done for your personal uh, brand? Um, what's it done for my personal brand? Uh, it's, do you know what? It's made face-to-face -face networking a lot easier. Um, so, I mean, I was at this thing up in London last night, uh, didn't know a soul um, who was going to that event, and yet people come up to you and say, well, you're Mark, I like your videos, and you're starting off conversations. So it's made, and, and, and I'm a massive advocate of face-to-face -face networking, so it's made that easier. Um, and... I don't know. It, uh, I don't know. I can't, it's a difficult one, really, isn't it? Personal. I don't know. Personal brand. So, do you get it now when you walk into face-to-face -face events where people walk up to you and they go, oh, "I've watched watched your videos, Mark." Especially the one with me sitting on the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> that's brilliant. So people, so people feel like they already know you before they meet you. Which I guess for a recruiter, I mean, that's the dream, isn't it? Oh like, yeah, you know, that's, exactly right. That's great. Exactly right. Um, let's have a look at some more questions coming through. Oh, good. Point from Ernie. Ernie's asking, do you do you always make sure to follow up and comment on your viewers' comments? Yes. The first hour on a LinkedIn post is the critical hour. So uh, the algorithm will display your content to a select few people within your audience. If after an hour you've got good traction, good comments, good likes, then LinkedIn algorithm essentially says, okay, this content's doing well. I'm going to introduce it to more people and more people and more people and more people. So um, the more comments, the more likes you can get on that content within the first hour is absolutely critical. So my God, yeah, comment on everyone who, you know, reply to everybody. And I still try and do that as much as I possibly can. I mean, when you're getting into 300 comments on a on a post in a day, it gets a little bit difficult, but that first hour is the critical piece. Yeah, brilliant. Um, uh, Lizzie is asking, so we talked earlier about personal, uh, the importance of personal brand. Do you have any advice for developing a strong personal brand and how can recruiters achieve this when working for a company with its own established brand? I th we, we kind of touched on this before in the sense that you've just got to have the approval and the, and the buy-in from the, the bosses. Uh, my only other recommendation would be uh, be yourself. You've got to be authentic. Um, if you try and if you try and fake it till you make it, you, it's never going to work. You've just got to be yourself, uh, and that's difficult on camera um, because you know when you suddenly start 
pushing your face in front of a camera, it's it's nerve wracking as hell. Um, and I mean, my first videos, if I'm ever brave enough to post up one of the first videos I ever produced, it's god awful. Um, so, <laughs> but you've got it, but everyone starts somewhere, and then you just relax into it, and you start thinking, well, do you know what? I don't give a monkeys anyway, and you become more of yourself. Um, so yeah, just be genuine. Ah, brilliant advice. Um, if there are recruiters listening to this today who are looking to become really good at LinkedIn video, what would your top three tips be uh, for them? Uh, number one is start today. Don't procrastinate about this at all. You've got a phone, do something. And, and the nice thing with LinkedIn video is that the video you post today is almost tomorrow's newspaper uh, fish and chip wrapper because it because it just won't appear in the newsfeed for that long and it, it's essentially gone. Um, so you can't. Although we've made mistakes, they're not they're not brand damaging mistakes. Um, you can test and you can uh, you can try new stuff. So yeah, um, stop talking about it and do it would be my number one tip. Um, the second one we've talked about this all the way through. Actually, get the buy in from the directors of the business um, because if you can't then um, then this sort of activity will always play second fiddle uh, to everything else. And if you're not consistent, and that's another massively important part of LinkedIn video, um, uh, it's not going to work anyway. So you've got to get the buy-in. Um, and I suppose the third, my third tip would be learn fast uh, and just get onto YouTube, watch uh, Casey Neistat, watch Peter McKinnon, watch these guys that are making videos and videographers for a living and start copying and watch Shay Robottom. She she has got LinkedIn down brilliantly. Shay Robottom, she's from Miami. Okay. She's just um, a superstar in my eyes because she's just got it right. Um, so yeah, learn from, from the people that are doing it and, and copy it. Absolutely fantastic advice. And when you see comments like Mike saying that you're inspiring people to post videos, uh, that's what it's all about. So it's really, really good. Even a dinosaur um, like him. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I didn't want to say that to him, but uh, that's brilliant. So, um, so what have you found to be the, so Tim Lane's asking, what have you found to be the best background stroke location for your videos? Any uh, commonalities there? It's an interesting one. Today we've got nothing. We've just got a white wall. Um, usually this is turned round and uh, and we've got a blurred background of the office um, behind. Um, and that, so I'm, we're getting a bit technical here, but you just put a 50 mil lens on and open it up so onto 1.8 aperture and it will focus on you and blur everything behind, mm -hmm. which is quite a nice backdrop. Um, I don't like this kind of backdrop because it's just boring and there's nothing really there. So that's, that's my preferred one, but... Yeah, yeah, whatever you you know, use what you've got, really. Cool. And um Richard hold on. That's all right. God dear me. The video guy just can't get sound. I'm not a sound guy, you see, I'm a video guy. That's all right, we'll let you off. That's <laughs> all right. You back? Yep. Cool. So uh Richard's asking, uh, what about hashtags? So he keeps getting told that the more the better within reason. How important do you find that they are on LinkedIn? Three apparently is the magic number for hashtags. Um, so don't over, it's not Twitter, it's not Instagram. Uh, three is good. I don't quite understand this. Liv Olivia really says, she keeps on saying to me, you must hashtag. Um, and then we see, see random stuff coming up in the LinkedIn feed saying, you're trending in hashtag something. And you look at the post and think, well, it's got 20 likes. How can I be trending with, with 20 likes? So I, I don't, I'm not sure. 
Cool. I've heard three as well um, through a couple of blogs. Social Media Examiner were blogging about it, saying three is optimum. But just yeah. test it, see what works exactly. for you. Exactly. Um, Don's asking a really cool question, and maybe you could put this out as a post, perhaps. I don't know. Um, she's just saying, look, could you any chance that you could post the equipment and the software that you use along with the names of people you suggest that we follow besides yeah. yourself, of course? So I'm, I'm actually in the middle of producing a video that I hope comes out next week, which is just basically going through all the kit, the, the editing, the whole shebang. Um, and so hopefully that'll go out next week. Great, fantastic. Um, Mark, what do you think the uh, the future looks like for recruitment in general? Um, having run a job board, when when back in the day we thought that job boards would take over the world and recruiters would be, would be annihilated, it's all crap, to be honest with you, in my opinion. I don't think that we're going to get, technology is going to come along and technology is going to support us and help us. But this is a people business. It's built on relationships. And we were having this chat in the office this morning. AI can't replace that. You know, it can't, AI can't go and have a conversation with someone and find out whether they would perhaps be interested in seeing if the grass is green or somewhere. It just can't do that. It can send someone a job, um, but it can't negotiate and it can't, it, there's, there's those nuances of relationships don't exist. So I don't think it's going to change. I think, you know, there'll be other supporting elements that will come in and help us, which is all fantastic. Um, but this will be going for donkeys. We, I think the, the critical bit for me, and I said this the other day on a video, and we're just as bad, is, is this relationship with candidates and, and not letting them down and treating them like we would our customers. Um, and I think that's where, as an industry, we've, we've got to get better. And we're just as guilty as everybody else. Yeah, absolutely fantastic, Mark. Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure. Look, we could go on and talk about this right into the evening. There's just so much cool stuff to talk about. Um, if anybody that's joined us live today would like to get in touch with you to have a conversation about things, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Uh, the, so the best way is, is connect with me on LinkedIn um, and drop me a message through uh, through LinkedIn. I'm all I'm pretty much always on LinkedIn. Um, I apologise if I don't get back straight away, um, but I will get back. Amazing. Look, thank you so much for taking the time out. The audience participation today has been absolutely fantastic as well. So thanks very much, everyone, for joining us and getting your questions in. That's what makes these shows, and we'll hopefully see you on the next one. Um, if anyone's wanting to have a quick look at a video for recruitment, how to make it part of your strategy moving forward, then we've written an ebook on that. You can download it at the bottom here as well. Some hints and tips in there to help you go in. And as Mark says, just do it. Just have just a go. Yeah. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for joining us. Speak soon. See you Cheers. later. Bye. 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 Bye.